and welcome back to the Mists of Barovia. We promise you this time it's for real. It is the return of the Curse of Strahd on PZ85 Plays on the Podzilla1985 Network. I am your Dungeon Master, Cody Sandusky. Once again, trying to corral our cast of characters into a dinner with the devil or Strahd, or whatever you wish to uh, name him in this universe. But this cast of characters includes our intrepid four. Starting first, it is Bjorn the Blood Hunter, and he's going to come at you like a spider monkey. It's Kaz. All up in your face. Next up, he's going to scissor kick you in the back of the head as a man of the cloth. It's Rasmus Thomason, played by Double H. Cody, would you like to put the module in the freezer? I would. We probably should have done that a long time ago. Like, the Vistani <laughs> camp was probably the best time to put this in the freezer. <laughs> uh, she's all jacked up on Mountain Dew, but the blue kind, because she's an air genasi played by Lindsay Wolfgong, it is Zephra. I'm wishing I took fire powers, because I'm really freaking cold right now. All right. He's really proud of this sponsor by Fig Newtons. It's quite dangerous and it's obscuring his vision, but it's delicious because he loves Fig Newtons. Well, she does too. It's Sophie Valmont played by Shannon Young, the deity of Podzilla 1985. Call me Lil Pay Poo. Lil Pay Poo. You ready to spit some bars inside the walls of uh, Castle Ravenloft? Yeah. Yeah. Cody. 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 Yeah. Call, call me Base God. Hey, yo, Base God. Hmm. Hell yeah. What do you want? Oh, are you going to yeet or are you going to skirt? <laughs> I should, uh, you know, I, that's on that yeet. I should not have watched it. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, it's gone. She can't do the yeet. She can't yeet at all. She's completely yeetless. Uh, I, I, should, I made the mistake of watching both Timothy Chalamet rap history. She, she prefers the song uh, Cling, 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 Cling. God damn it. I don't it. like either. I don't like the <laughs> You're new justified. one. You're justified in not liking either. Stay tuned for uh, our new show coming to Podzilla 1985. Copies. Shannon and Hunter hate SNL now. Coming soon. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Maybe we maybe we just make it a long extended episode of Extras and Epilogue. That, yeah, yeah. Oh, go, Here's what, no, you know what it is? Oh my God, I didn't even think about it. It's an episode of The Inquest. Oh, That's what it, is. it absolutely Starts is. Starts out great well, and just nosedives. My only disappointment with that is that mm. I can't be on it. But that is a great idea. I mean, and we I could do could, an well, extras. We could do an extras and epilogues based on your episode of the Inquest. Look, I, I I alluded to it earlier this summer. I had started writing one for Jurassic Park. It stalled. I've never gotten back to it. I'm sure I will someday. Um, but I, I the the bolts of inspiration. Look, I haven't put one out this year. I have not put out one out since a new inquest out since the Ghostbusters wow. episodes last December. Wow. And I really would like to rectify that by the end of the year. So don't basically what I'm saying is don't tempt me. I would too, because the, time. the inquest is one of the anchors that holds Podzilla up to. That's not true. Cody, you ready? It's very sweet of you, but it's not true. <laughs> yeah. Let me help <laughs> get you out of this metaphor you're making. Oh, thank you. So uh, get me out of this jam. Uh, well, don't worry. I'm gonna send you right into Cody, a pit. Cody, let me. Okay, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no it's fucking. Okay. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing here. None of us do. It's fine. You gotta help me out. I don't know what any of this fucking shit is, and I'm fucking scared. I'm scared. Okay. This isn't the only thing that people do. <laughs> Not everyone can be good at everything. 
God. If that's not the moniker for this fucking campaign, I don't know what it is. Stop. At some point, you have to believe in you. Uh, Well, it's okay, because I also don't believe in your characters. And that's what brings us to where we're going right now. Oh, just for that, I'm going to do some dumb shit. The first thing I'm going to do is call his mama bitch. (laughs) Call him Biggie Smalls. You skipped right past him and just called and started calling his mama. I'm gonna call his mama, bitch. But you're not yeah. playing Aiden right now. I'm still a Valmont, legally distinct. <laughs> legally distinct, a- similar to a-, a Valmont. No, wait a minute, that's too obvious. What about Aiden V? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, if you listened to last week's recap. Congratulations, you got a lot more than just Strahd recap. You just got a discussion generally on tabletop. But if you picked up on the early part of it, we revisited the concept that upon return from Yester Hills to the Wizard of Wines, the party received a letter from one Strahd von Zerovich inviting them to his humble abode, Castle Ravenloft, for a dinner. And if memory serves correct, the party was mixed in their feelings about this. Aiden has run off to be allegedly on the way to Ravenloft to 1v1, the guy who he will surely defeat. No questions. So why are you asking? He already beat him. But the rest of the, Yeah, yeah, already done. You're going to show up and the castle's going to be defeated. It's going to be like you uh, showed up at the end of Super Mario Brothers 3. That Peach is already going to be... Yeah, actually. Peach is already going to be on the throne. Like, everything's cool. Uh, but after the return... Some of the crew obtained tools that will serve them well in an encounter with the evil one. But overall, I I guess as uh, we bring ourselves back into the Wizard of Wines, I'll read for you one more time the letter to kind of reestablish where we are. My friends, know that it is I who have brought you to this land, my home, and know that I alone can release you from it. I bid you dine at my castle so we can meet in civilized surroundings. Your passage here will be a safe one. I await your arrival. Your host, Tronvad Zirovich. I believe that's just about the time where we prepped to wrap up. So tell me as we ease into these characters, how do you feel getting this invitation to go see the man who has at, at least one point called you all the monsters he believes you to be into his home for dinner. I see an opportunity to visit, eat, have some good discussions, and then kill him. In that order. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to learn some history about this place before I kill the person who's been here throughout it. But he got to die. Okay. How about the rest of you? Anybody else having any strong feelings much as... uh Bjorn is about this invitation. I'd be a bit apprehensive about it just because he's almost being a little too cordial. But at the same time, I know that's where we need to go. That's what we've been aiming for this entire time. Uh, Sophie is grinning, but she tries to hide it from everybody else. Okay. Well, that's going to get my attention, I would imagine, if there's in any way that's that's possible. Um, Can I roll for hiding? You know what? Yeah, go ahead. Let's have a contested roll. I will give uh, Hunter, roll me a perception check. Shannon, hold, uh, roll me a, uh, give me a sleight of hand. Sleight of hand or deception? You know what? Deception. 
Good because I'm better on probably, that. Thank you. I bet that is your better one. I'm curious. All right. Oh. Uh, I got Turn an 18. Okay. Is mine not coming through Ooh, on? Uh, high. No, well, that's not. a 19. Damn plus it! Seven, <laughs> Damn it! Which is a 26. Damn it! So. <laughs> All right, so she would tell uh, Rasmus that she was just thinking of alert. she was thinking of something funny she saw in Herman's head. I fucking knew it. Fucking is so, you son of a bitch. So to, to quickly uh, remind the listeners for those who who may have forgotten, one of the the main conflicts at the end of our last like round of sessions, our last act was that Rasmus was famously um, concerned over Sophie's appearance. Her arrival, not appearance, but arrival, I should say. I don't really care what she looks like. Um, but he, he was very concerned about her arrival and specifically the way uh, in which she described her interactions with Strahd. He was concerned that this might be a trap. Um, she only just managed basically to convince him that essentially they really didn't have any other options. That that he was that they were going to need. Uh, the the party at large was going to need her to get to Strahd, which, as as um, Zephyr pointed out, is kind of the the end goal. Um, Rasmus came into this whole thing a, a very particular kind of person, kind of unbothered, um, very calm, very level headed. Having seen some very strange things, still kind of never let things get the better of him. But I would think at this point, it's pretty clear that that's starting to wear on him. That it's, it's reached a point where he's been pulled out of his normal life, where he does not know what's going on. He does not know still why he is where he is or really who any of these people are all that well. And if uh, Shannon, Shannon, what is what does Sophie do exactly in this moment? Like you said, she was grinning. She like was, she was like she, maybe she, kind of laughing. Well, she's smiling to herself. Uh, she doesn't exactly, okay. you know, like not in a maniacal evil way. But just sure. she, she seems excited by the prospect. Okay, I I think then if if I have some narrative say over this, go for it. That Rasmus <laughs> Rasmus would be up, upset. Well, yeah, that's, I'm Sorry. asking technically for both of your permission. Um, no, I'm always game for this. Go for it. Same. I'm I'm thinking of for those of you who know, I'm thinking of of mice and men when. Um, Curly, who's kind of one of the, the antagonist uh, characters, the guy who has the wife he can't control, sees the, all the other guys laughing at him for that reason, and then sees Lenny, the big, incapable one, laughing for a totally different reason, but because, because he's so put out by him, that's the one he goes and gets into a fight with and just starts beating on. And Rasmus is certainly not just going to go get into a fight with Sophie, but I think in the moment of him having read this letter, knowing like what what's coming, be, basically being taunted by it, still really having no answers, and then seeing her laugh he would probably walk straight up to her face to face and just, or not laugh, sorry, smile, um, walk straight up to her face to face and just go, I would love to know what is amusing to you about this. What you could possibly find any joy in this situation. I would really love to know. And I think he would probably tighten that, that strap that keeps the shield on his arm. The one that again, he lashed that, uh, thing to the front of. I was going to say, it's, Sophie, um, you're likely having at least a little bit of an adverse reaction to that holy symbol of Ravenkind. Uh, she would definitely wince and still smile and, and looking at him in the eyes and takes a moment. She pauses and this, you know, the smile kind of slowly fades and she looks more serious 
And she gives just enough of a pause to make you think that either she is taking it seriously or she's thinking of something to say that it's not going to be genuine. And she says, who wouldn't be excited about the prospect of finally ending Strahd's reign? Aren't you excited by that? You, you haven't lived it like I have. You have no idea what he's put me and so many other people through. You've only been here for how long? I've been here for what feels like centuries, and I don't even know how long I've been here. So I am a little happy that someone can finally stand up to him. And again, I want to point out, character-wise, that though she does sound sincere, there was a pause. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Rezos would, would take pick up all on of that, that. Right. What the shit is that? What is that? Wow. That was one that? of the weirdest things weird. I've ever seen. <laughs> do wait, do two thumbs. Hunter apparently whoever is listening to the show did I, thinks did Hunter I oh, It's doing it again. Oh, what the hell is that? Wait, wait. You guys do, do this. It. Do this. Put your, th- put your thumbs this. up. Do this right here. No Hunter, I want Hunter to do it. Both of them. Both hands. What is happening? What is happening? What did you do? Why is this just happening to me? Did you do that on per- like? I, are you messing now, with us right wait, now? now? Now put up two thumbs. Put up two no, thumbs. I can, I can, I, I can surmise, Hunter, because you're using a MacBook. That it's probably something tethered with reactions. Whoa, that's so cool. So Hunter's right. got special effects well, on his screen. Oh, and then it, oh, and then it rains. That's, that's awesome. so I want that like rain. Oh, okay. That's right. cool, man. So it's got is it is it a Mac thing, Kaz? It's a Mac yeah, thing. I was gonna say because you and I both or you are on MacBooks. That's yeah. so, so cool. So is this just for Discord? It's just a Discord thing. Everything. Wait, it so why is it yours Discord, doing it, Kaz? For Slack, for Google Hangouts, for Zoom. Oh, I'm gonna have to be very careful of that when I was I'm about in my to say. Classes. Yes. All right, Hunter. Just for you my sake, you can turn it off. Flip me We've off. We've had people actually do this in interviews. Gotcha. Flip me off. I'm curious. <laughs> this, I'm sure this doesn't do anything. No. Oh, no, damn it. No okay. Not yeah, yet. I, I can't imagine that's a thing. All no, right. Your business well, turns, in, um, turns into Vince McMahon when he's holding up Steve Austin's <laughs> belt. <laughs> um, so in the wake of, of uh, now I got to be careful with my hands. In the wake of, um, of what, what Sophie says, I imagine the whole time. Uh, uh, Shannon, how tall is Sophie? How tall is your character? Uh, probably like five seven, five eight. She's relatively okay. tall. She's I mean she's a monster okay. hunter. She's bred for this. Right. Eight inches. Rasmus is I think I think I had him listed as five ten. He's like not exceptionally tall, but not short either. Um yeah. I imagine the whole time he's just standing there, just like this is the most stoic and and stone faced and straightforward that Rasmus has ever been among any of you. And it's basically just like looking down at her this entire time. And uh, remind me, though, I'm sorry, I got very distracted by it. thumbs up and thumbs down. The last thing that you said was something effective. Wouldn't you be? Would you happy be excited? To just have, yeah, happy, happy yeah, to, to, to just interrupt. have this all coming to an end. Right. I would imagine that that Rasmus' response would be something to the effect of, "That remains to be seen." And then he just walks off, just out of her face. Anyway, he doesn't leave the room, but just turns and walks away. Okay. Mind you, if we're all in the the common area, uh, I don't have it up on roll twenty. Let me pull you guys back there just temporarily. Uh, we were all on the main floor returning from Yesterhill. It wasn't too long that one of Adrian's sons brought the letter down about this. So, Zephra and Bjorn, you guys are 
in this area? Like, how are you taking to not only the letter being there and its proposition, but these two interactions about it? Uh, at the time of them doing their their kind of like confrontation thing, Bjorn's just pretty much laughing, kind of like chuckling to himself. Um, and he just watches for a little bit and then kind of gets bored with it and starts kind of like looking around elsewhere. Curious uh, about the surroundings. Yeah. We're on my end. I'm, I'm fully invested in the conflict in front of me because our whole little adventure is a story that Zephyr is taking notes on to take back to her patron. So it's just more internal conflict within her tale. She knows the severity of the situation, but at the same time, it's just that habit that is kind of the comfort that sticks with everything. Yeah. Everything everything has a purpose. Everything has a, an objective for you specifically. Okay. Yes. Okay. So after the little, little spat between Sophie and Rasmus calms down. I will note that no one in the the Martikov clan or there anyone here really bothers to get in between you all during this. Uh, Muriel Muriel being the most active in terms of these conversations, you know, our little blue striped raven uh, friend, she is like it's almost the bit with uh with the uh, SNL sketch where he's eating the popcorn, he's kind of looking back and forth. That's <laughs> that's almost kind of what she's doing off in the corner because she's she's young enough, she's excitable enough to where she's like, yeah, this is people are getting fucking annoyed. This is great. This is fun entertainment. Erwin and Adrian, as well as the elder Mardikov, uh, the patriarch, uh, are much more somber and pallid about it. Uh, Erwin specifically will probably make his way after the spat is done over to Rasmus and kind of pull you aside to say, I apologize that this is the only item that we have gained possession of to ward off the, the challenge that is impossible as it may seem of taking on Strahd. I, we've been doing this long enough to know that this is intentional or otherwise an assault. Whether by you or by him, I'm not sure. But know that there are allegedly other items like this that Strahd fears. My only suspicion is that he has them. We have tried for many years to locate anything else that would ward him off or appear to be powerful enough to topple him. But this may gestures to your shield and the symbol of Ravenkind. Of course, being so closely connected to us is the only one we've found thus far. You said it was Erwin saying this, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, Having been around him for some time now, I, I imagine Rasmus would kind of do the like one hand clap on his shoulder and basically say, first, don't apologize. 
um, anything is is more than enough. I, I think at this point we're past those kinds of pleasantries, and, and that would probably draw the first like close to a chuckle thing that Rasmus has uttered in a while. Right. Um, and and in keeping with that, he would also say, and uh, and to your second point, how convenient. Um, then that that just appears to be happen, or it just happens to be where where we're going. Um, and that's almost like a reverse, like he's kind of laughing at the beginning of it and not so much by the end. He's, he's very much resigned himself to then sure. That's what we're going to do. I, I still don't trust this person. I still don't think this is a great idea, but I also don't have any other ideas and I don't know what else we would do. So if the others are there, then again, how convenient we just happen to be heading right into the belly of the beast. I tell you this, Erwin is kind of quick to reply after you you say that. This is the first that we have heard in many, many moons that Strahd has welcomed anyone into his domain. Not Barovia, the castle. You all have clearly gained some attention from him. Well, I know someone did once say that uh, no press is bad press. I don't know that I entirely agree with that. But I suppose in this case, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Erwin's going to kind of disengage from the conversation and get the attention of the group and just... He he doesn't waste any time or pleasantries. He reiterates what he said to Rasmus. Clearly, if the Count is beckoning your presence, you have garnered his attention. It is rare. He pauses to maybe think again. Over the course of years, I know Irwin looks a little, you know, gray. We've kind of joked about what he appears like. He's a, you know, mid late forties. Like he's a father. He's got some wear of age on him, but it's almost as if he's recalling far further back than just the time of his existence. It has been many moons since anyone has been beckoned to Castle Ravenloft by the Count. This is. He kind of looks across to his family. An opportunity that we have never seen. We have sought, albeit not directly, for we are known to Strahd. But this is an unexpected and concerning development. You kind of relaxes a little bit, looks at you all and says, I'll, I'll drop any, any facade or any formalities. I've come to appreciate your presence in this land. You are certainly people who have achieved much in terms of protection of my family and myself and achieved more than we have in our endeavors to subtly or stealthily undermine the count. But I see this opportunity also as a great risk. Strahd portrays himself to be the nobleman of days gone by. He still carries himself, as we have seen 
at least once as a man of honor, an entity of honor, for he is clearly no man. But I fear accepting anything at face value, even something as intentionally spoken of as safe passage and a peaceful dinner. I leave you to decide what you wish to do, though I... And he gestures toward uh, Sophie and Rasmus, and then over to Zephra and Bjorn. I expect I know the answer of your decision on attending. Know that you have our... He kind of looks for words for a second. Our full hopes and best that we can muster. We, being uninvited or not invited, cannot be there. But we will do what we can to at least assure you safe passage to the castle. That on its own is more than what you should have to do anyways. Whether this is a flat-out trap for us, oh, or just further manipulation on his part from the sounds of other things, again, we're the ones he wants to see. And whether in this vein or not, we technically want to see him as well. It's definitely a trap. I agree. I think it's worth it, though. For the opportunity. I feel like you might say no uh, risk, no reward. <laughs> Very true. I feel compelled, even. I, I would speak up and say the Strahd is a smart man. He knows you're coming to kill him. There, There is no, there is no peaceful dinner between a monster and, and his prey. But on the other hand... Everyone else that I've ever seen come through hides from him, and look what it's gotten them. That's all. It wasn't going to be as grandiose as I made it sound. I'm sorry. I think Rasmus has been <laughs> yeah. pretty quiet all this time. Um, but at, at the end of that, he would he would first just say um, in and then let it hang and then sort of look up from his uh, shield at uh, Sophie and go, you mean come in, not come through. No one else has ever left here, have they? And God forbid me not <laughs> take a moment to throw in a slapdash of like stupid comedy. She would look at you solemnly, knowing that you're correct, and then slowly put two thumbs up and smirk and smile and say, but I have faith in you. Ow. And, <laughs> she, and, well, and, and she doesn't mean it, by the way, she doesn't mean it like sarcastically. She, she as far as you can tell, she's That's being honest. No, she's being <laughs> genuine. I, I don't want Rasmus to get too broody, but right. in, in that same, in that same vein, it would be, I would kill myself for not, um, taking the opportunity to in the wake of that for him to once again like adjust that strap on his shield get up and as he's leaving go yeah well faith's all i've ever had and walk out <laughs> hey, hey, hey rasmus giving the middle finger to sophie <laughs> i mean at that point hold on he's a man at that cloth. point i'm like bjorn's watching both of these kind of like do their thing he gets up 
and just kind of like as he's following out the door, he just looks up and says, "We're gonna die. Fuck it." <laughs> Sophie's gonna look at at the blue one and just and say, "Ah, are you guys always this tense?" Here and there, it is what it is. She's gonna get up as well and head out the door after the others. Leaving Sophie to ponder, you know, death isn't so bad. I'm dead, I think. <laughs> and then she wanders out too. As you all leave the room, like you're, you're going, I assume, out toward the front of the Wizard of Wines to start whatever that journey may look like. Yeah, I mean, where, wherever, yes, wherever I get the idea is like where we're going to get started. That's where I'm, I'm wanting yeah. to. And for the so record, I, I, I want to desperately avoid her becoming the seven of this series. That someday there's just, she's just going to be on the a milk carton <laughs> saying, "Have you seen me? <laughs> Have you seen this vampire?" <laughs> As you all leave, Erwin um, looks to his brother and his father, and kind of. Because they heard you say this, Sophie, and this is, uh, if we were cast this like a movie, none of you were in here, and it kind of just, just crash zooms a bit onto them. They know the secret now. Father, do you think this is the time? Do you think this is finally the chance? Old man Martikov just kind of looks and starts walking toward the stairs. So I'm Adrian and Erwin. I can't with Hunter's fucking special effects occasionally. <laughs> this... No, nah, I mean to be fair, I did at that time intentionally because I was looking at Kaz's food. I was listening. Oh, okay, I swear, okay. But okay. Yeah, showed me his food, and I was like, I can't, I can't reveal. Yeah, it. yeah. I want the bird people to reveal themselves to the world. <laughs> uh, Erwin and um. Adrian go out to start preparing a carriage, you know, the, probably the same one that you all returned in with the horses. Uh, I imagine if, if it's all right, Rasmus is already there is already doing whatever, like rudimentary stuff he could do. Cause if, if the assumption is that's what we're going to take, then like, all right, if the horses need to be, you know, um, I can't come up with a word. I was uh, reattached. I don't know. I can't think of the, the right hitched. hitched. There you go. That's the word. Reattached. If they just reattached like that the horse that Shannon uh, shared to us earlier, <laughs> that, that horse was decidedly detached uh, <laughs> from life, reality. Yeah, a lot of things. Uh, Cody, so, so is, this is taking place in the stables, from what I gather. Yeah, generally, this is like everybody's probably gathered around the how, stables as they prepare this. How tall is the ceiling on the stables? I mean, this is a multi-story building. Like, there's the upper floor, so I'd say it probably at least stretches up a bit. I'd give you eight feet or so. Eight feet? But I'd probably a little more. I'd say, let's say ten feet. Let's get ten feet. So, Sophie is absolutely walking on the ceiling, talking to everybody, because that's one of her abilities, and I don't get to use it very often. And just for flavor, I would like, as, she, as this is all happening, she's just kind of pacing back and forth upside down. Bjorn is you just have like permanent spider climb? What yes, the hell? <laughs> I do. Spider climb. You have a climbing speed equal to your walking speed. In addition, at third level, you can move up, down, and across vertical surfaces and upside down. 
Yeah. At this point, Bjorn has lost it. It was, but I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Right? I'm never going to get to use it in a probably because I'm going to die. So at least let me. No. The only one I can't make work is the hand heart. I don't, I don't, that's the only one I haven't been able to get it to do. There's supposed to be a, yeah, like that. I just want to point out like that while she's walking on the roof, there it it is. There it is. While she's walking, or not the roof, the ceiling, while this is happening, Bjorn's already like so far fucking like gone and like (laughs) shit is just out of the control that he's now just clapping about it. Just. (laughs) (laughs) That checks out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not not a very excited clap, just a you know. It's the golf clap. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So in the middle of all of this, Erwin and Adrian, you know, you know, as you try to hitch the horse, kind of clear out some of the, the carriage and get it ready as best they can to start this journey. Uh Erwin kind of starts in the conversation that uh you all didn't know he had, but very much addresses he gestures up as she, so bluntly put it. Shannon, there's a girl outside in the road fighting off with two dogs. Shit. I'll be right back. But, uh, hang on. I got to say it. Like in the game? Or- <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was going. And then they both left. I'm like, what the fuck? This Hold is happening in real time, folks. You're right. This is actually this is really this is really going down. Yeah, at yeah. least I got the heart to work. Actually, actually yeah. happening in real life. So it, it, I had to catch myself because as soon as she said there is a girl fighting in the I just streets, I heard screaming outside. So yeah, no, no, it's okay. You're do what you need to do. I I'm a Sandusky. Many of my uh, family members have more nondescript histories with scraps in the streets. I was waiting for her to say, there's a girl fighting with a girl outside, like a dude fighting another dude. I was like, yeah, well, that's a Tuesday night in the Sandusky family. Why we fucking did that shit all the time. That's a dude fighting a dude disguised as another, another dude. dude. Well, the Honestly, dude is... Hor- first thing, as, it, as she started to describe it, first thing I thought was that she's fighting herself. Like, got them demon trying to get the demons out. <laughs> Kaz, I was going to tell you that I put the uh, the list of all the different emojis into the Discord, but I see that you've seen them now because you reacted to them with butter. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. There's like you. Also, there's a single thumbs down reaction, too, apparently. Oh, yeah, it just does yeah. the one little. Yeah. I got to admit, it's broke as hell in Discord because it is smooth as butter. In, oh, like, so it's not supposed Zoom. to look like that? I thought it no, was it just looks, like jumpy like that. If you do it in Zoom, it's a nice animation, good transition. It's Like, okay, if you hold it, does it stay? Does that make a difference? No, it goes away. No, it just does it's it. It's like five away. seconds or so. Okay. Yeah, boy, it's choppy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. just thinking I'm in the, the – I mean, granted, I haven't had to have too many of these things, but I'm in, you know, well, Zoom actually meetings at least once a, a you know – term with my advisor for my master's classes i'm reasonably sure that she would not want me to be like all right thanks and then just oh we i've conducted interviews with with like candidates and not known (laughs) and we're talking going through a question going through formula going through something and all of a sudden like somebody will raise like thumbs up or do and then one of the two of our screens, like it went before I discovered it, would flip out. Definitely made for an interesting <laughs> icebreaker. Oh, sure. I don't know when this. 
when, everything I was seeing from posts about it, like when this started, it was like months ago. And, and I'm going, surely in that time I have done one of these things on camera. Why am I just, I guess because I do it really quick and then it goes away. Yeah, maybe. Did you yeah. only recently update your computer? I mean, sometime last week, I think. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just haven't done it since then. And the last time I remember getting an OS update was sometime last week. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that could have been it. What are those? What am I forgetting? Two thumbs up is fireworks. The different like one and two thumbs up, and then there's the hand heart, the one and two P signs, and the double the double rock hands. Oh, okay. You know, so these are also in place on iPad OS and iOS. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because for a minute I thought, you know, normally I do the shows through my actually, well, I'll do it later. Um, through my phone camera, but when we do this show, yep. I use my phone camera for my dice camera. So I, I don't normally use my actual, and that might be it too. Now that I think about it, I wonder if it doesn't do it through my, even though my phone is an, an iPhone, like maybe yeah. it doesn't do it when it's using it as a remote camera for some reason. Maybe. Although, yes, yeah, I'm looking it up because I'm not, uh, we'll pull back the curtain, I guess, in terms of our personal technology connections. I have a MacBook. It's one of the last Intel processor gens at work, but my mm -hmm. MacBooks at home are 2010 and 2015. So I'm very much not on Mac OS Sonoma. So I don't have any of the cool, like, M processor yeah. shit you guys have. So yeah, I would yeah, have no, never I, known until you just did that. I, I will say the this. The M processor is worth every penny. <laughs> at some yeah. point, I, I'm yeah. looking at probably buying like an M1 Pro. Um, this shit, yeah. Yeah, like this one of the ones changed. like an Air or something that comes second hand. This shit changed real the game. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's help, not just fast either. The battery <sighs> power is ridiculous That's, yeah everyone yeah, i know that has the chaos yeah i had to go wash, okay i had to wash the blood off my hands if that tells you anything I, it's what not, the hell not, not as bad as it sounds um the our, two big dogs yeah it, it was one of those i don't know dogs one was a pit for sure and i guess it bit yeah. a another dog while the girl was walking it um they bit it on oh, its no bit, bit it on its face it was okay though like it was bleeding but i i helped with the blood i calmed him down Separated them. Yeah. Every, everything's good. So we took care of it. Mm. She's okay. Everybody's Plus, okay. Hell was wagon and being yeah. friendly when they left. So, so. We, we we made sure everyone was okay. Yeah. But yeah, that was whew, that was a little I scary. I fighting at first until I heard like a girl screaming, and I'm like, okay, that's outside. Yeah. As soon as I walked out, she's sick, and she was like crying. She's like, "Can you please help me?" And I ran over there as quick as I could and separated them. Whew. Okay. So they were still going at it by the time you got out there. Oh, she was holding one of the dogs back, but he kept trying to get at the yeah. other dog. So basically I had her walk the other dog over and I, and I kind of helped guide the other one, but the the other woman came out and was like, Oh my God, that's my dog. I'm so sorry. I didn't know he got out and uh, she's our neighbor. And the, she said, if anything happened, please let me know. I'm right next door. So everybody's okay. Everything's good. I think it was just two dogs got too close to each other and one bit the other, um, little Yikes. blood, but, but no, no serious injuries. The dog was wagging his tail and was very friendly. So we're okay. It was just kind of scary, but we're good. We're good. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry to our listeners, too. Right. I don't know what you guys thought about what was going on. I'm sorry. I can't we, ignore streams outside the house. We've yeah. already been doing this. Hunter was having fun with Mac happen. reactions, and we were talking about MacBooks. You're good. So apparently they're not this like like jittery and jerky on other things. For some reason, Discord doesn't like them very much. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. So we're talking about that and then laptops. and Yeah. yeah. Well, the the good news is I can't conjure anything even remotely that scary for like the rest of the campaign. <laughs> so you're good. Like you guys have reached maximum terror. Oh, 
I mean, my uh, heart's racing a little bit because I was worried. <laughs> right. No, again, yeah. don't apologize for reacting to helping someone screaming. That's kind of a... That's kind of our thing here on the thing. show. Yeah. And there's the doorbell. <laughs> yeah. right. That's her. The door... Uh-oh. I'll be right back. <laughs> yep. Paul is round two. <laughs> That's right. Follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Probably just uh, them checking in on him and... Right. And him. also, I mean, if, if if one of them got bit, they may have called the cops just to... I was going to say, yeah, just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You got to have all that documented, and Fair that enough. might be somebody wanting to talk to them and, and you know, see yeah. what happened, which is going to be... Uh, that might Travis be a little got, longer than they were anticipating. Travis got bit by a dog some years back, and... Uh, hmm. Like I actually, the dog came up and I had to battle it off of him because he bit God. him on the butt and just held on. Oh, mm. he was fine. And my issue with that is always generally like I never want anything to happen to any dog. So I'm so re- I would I'm reluctant to even like say anything or report it because I don't want anything right. to happen to right. that dog. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, when Parker was really really little, uh, technically I think. No, he was. It was after after Matt had moved. Um, Sarah was still in in a like an apartment kind of dorm situation with some other girls who had a dog, and their dog like didn't mean to. But was much bigger than Parker because he was still a puppy and reached up. They were playing, and his his paw caught Parker in the eye, and it looked like he had scratched his eye. Ooh. And that was a whole thing because he just would not stop. You know, had to take him to a vet. They looked in. They're like, he's fine. I mean, it's it's going to take a minute. It looks like the scratch is not on the eyeball. It's really just above and a below. But like. Yeah. He was so pitiful. He just kept making that little noise, and I'm like, "Dude, you're freaking me out, man! Like, you can't, you got to stop, you buddy. This. You can't keep doing that." Yeah, no, we we've been fortunate with our our biggins that they haven't had that kind of scrap with anybody. They, uh, yeah. I mean, we have we have a fence primarily just because we didn't want to walk them out on leashes because our dogs are friendly to a fault. But yeah. a 180 pound dog barking at you, thinking it's friendly, is uh, yeah. not as warmly received by other people. Well, here's a wild story for you, as far as like that kind of thing. When we moved out further out uh, inland, we didn't really know a lot of people, so we had we were going on vacation with family. We had to fi- have somebody watch Travis while we were gone, <clears throat> and so we found a couple okay, that Rover house house sitting. And but while we were gone, halfway through the trip, I get a phone call. Okay, we're back. <clears throat> Travis had gotten out, and a, a a passing by bigger dog attacked him, got him on the spine. Like he was technically fine, Eesh. but I I freaked out and I was like, "What the hell?" Like trying to figure out what's going on. Apparently, he got out because they were trying to pack the car because one of the two of them's father had just gotten shot, oh, and so. They were rushing to get there and dealing oh, with right. like all of this all happened at once. Oh my like, god! Kind of a ver- perfect example. Of one of those. It's easy to react and be upset, but always remember right. there's something going on on the other side to right. be aware of. Man, that's wild. God, everything okay, okay on your you guys' side? Yeah, she, now. she she it was the other neighbor, the one with the dog. She came over to make sure everything was okay. She they thought it was our our dog, so we explained to her it was uh, oh. another person, but. Uh, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Oh, okay. So back to the what game, Cody. I'm so sorry, Cody. I'm so no, sorry. Again, why are you apologizing? Can you do, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you helped a person in need. Like that supersedes the game. I'm just some right. dumb fucking hick on Corn Cob TV <laughs> trying to get a TV show. What the fuck do I care? 
I mean, it, depending on how much you care to edit it, you could also just cut every bit of this shit and act like none of this ever happened. I'm not doing right. that. I'm not doing that. That's too much work. <laughs> Leave no. it in. Leave we it in. we, we don't minute. edit shows. Right. What are you talking about? Only, only when Jesse outs people oh, as gay do I, I edit shows. No. I didn't say who. <laughs> God damn it, Shannon. It's not like we're running the SAG after a certain, you know, depth of roster here. There's only like fucking 10 of us. Let's just move what on. What I was going to say was we don't edit the shows. You said to the two people who have edited shows more than they've ever done in their lives over the course of October. Look, that's, that's different. That's a yeah. scripted show. These, we, okay, we don't edit the unscripted shows. Does that make sense? There you go. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening to PC85 plays Tech Talk on the (laughs) Fox 1985 network. We're we're bringing back Tech TV, baby. That's right. Someone's got to. Linus is going to be here. Linus will be here for it. Fuck him. Fuck Linus. (laughs) Oh, it's fine. (laughs) Mendoza wants a MacBook. Anyway. uh, Okay. Well, hang on. Oh, you get it started back on track, and I gotta go change somebody's name to Mendoza. Yes, please. I, I was <laughs> highly, highly distracted. Uh, Sophie was on the the ceiling of the barn, and yeah, that's why I'm trying to piece everything. Like Bjorn what I was saying, is just kind of losing. <laughs> Bjorn is just cracking up at everything that happens. Is what I was taking. You took it as because you're just so far off the deep end right now. Uh yeah. As he as he toasts us, yes. Uh, there you go. I, I want to see who got it. Good call. It's me. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. it's me. All right. So Bjorn's applauding. Sophie's on the ceiling. Erwin and uh, Adrian are trying to hitch up these horses and try to get this carriage ready to go. And Erwin just kind of drops the signs as well. Gestures up. She disclosed what I don't think any of us, to our detriment as keepers of the feather, have had the heart to tell you. But the proverbial cats out of the bag now she's not lying we've all been here for countless eras so is time kind of frozen in Barovia Uh, even with the legacy of, of family members gone by we don't have a concrete answer on that. We know that time existed to the point where Strahd became what he is now. Which, since you're going to his home, it probably is prudent to tell you that uh, you're clearly entering a very cursed place, but Strahd also wasn't always this eh, curses are nothing new to me my entire family thinks I'm a curse so I don't think it'll phase me too much in that sense some of my compatriots maybe but I personally won't be overly phased by a curse Erwin for the first time just because of everything that's taken place over this last little bit kind of smirks and says well Strahd has no family because of his undertaking of this curse. Duly noted. And he starts to, like he kind of sets steps back from the carriage as if he's about to posture to start telling a story. And 
far off in the distance, you guys hear the bray of a couple of horses. And so Erwin is kind of mouth open about to start this tale and just is very confused. And he steps out of the uh, the carriage holding area. He steps out of the stables to kind of look toward the entrance to the Wizard of Wines. Do any of you accompany him, or are you just kind of waiting for what his reaction is? Oh, I, I misunderstood. I'll, I didn't hear I'll, that he was going. No, no, it's fine. fine. I was just kind of giving you guys the opportunity to react yeah. to that. Uh, yeah, I I'll mean, I, I imagine. Curiosity. I was gonna say, I imagine at this point, I'm kind of locked at the side with this guy. Um, if Erwin's, you know, hitching the horses, I'm helping him do that. If he's heading out, I thought he just turned to look. I misunderstood that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going with him. Yeah, I'm going. Okay. I'm still sealing, so, walking, pondering the meaning okay. of my existence. Okay. Uh. Coming up the fairly lengthy, but, you know, manageable drive, if you will, up to the Wizard of Wine's main house is a black carriage, a very ornate kind of silver inlaid on the the four spires in the front and back. Uh, The wheels are very polished, very presentable. This looks like a carriage for a, a a king, a queen. Like this is nobility. The horses that are leading it are jet black, pristine manes maintained or maintained. And there is one person in the front bench as this carriage approaches. I think uh, the silver platter that we're going to be served upon has arrived. This is our uh, escort. Um, actually, uh, I'm I'm gonna feed you a little bit, baby birds, because I know it's been literally a year and a half since this came up. Uh, you all would recognize this as the carriage oh. that met you outside of Count Logroff's. Oh, well, not Sophie. <laughs> <It's tea. laughs> Shannon can recognize it. Shannon will remember this. I think I got his teeth. Oh, Count Lockroft's teeth? Yes, I think you do, as a matter of fact. Yeah! I I think you did pull those because you fucking weirdos played, you know, marionette (laughs) with a baby skeleton. That was my brother. Um, One one weirdo did that. (laughs) As the carriage uh, continues pulling up, Erwin kind of beckons behind him to kind of get Adrian's attention, but uh, the effort to prepare the uh, carriage and wagon for them has uh, ceased. Uh, no no other preparations are being made as Adrian exits the stables. Uh, as he approaches, and you see it is a he, I won't put the full carriage out, but I'll at least drop on to the Wizard of Wines with a little bit larger view for you all. The gentleman... Uh, with whom you rode He's Lord. from Count Lagros Manor to uh, Barovia, the village of Barovia, appears. Pretty sure we deceived this man that we were someone we weren't. Y'all might have. Sophie didn't. She's completely <laughs> innocent. She's not in trouble at all. 
Yeah, but he's looking um, through that window at you upside down, going, "What?" So, exactly, if you if you say that out loud, uh, I, I imagine Rasmus's response to that would be, uh, "At this point, who are we really to any of these people? We're I'm new. Not, people. We're not sure that it's going to matter." This is this is the driver's reaction. I wrote it down here when he saw you guys. I don't. I don't even think we are who we were whenever we arrived. He said, "Wait a tick." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sophie, are, are, if you're done seemingly walking, or at some point, I think based upon conversation, you know this is the black carriage of Strahd, and you know that this is Rahadin. Oh yeah, she. Uh, when everyone's staring at it, like she's very sneaky. She would just be behind everybody and would say that out loud, startling yep. the children. Frau <laughs> <laughs> Bluka. Now, does does he recognize her? Like, are they familiar with each other? Oh yes. <laughs> if you make your presence out in front, uh, Rahadin, I think it's how I pronounced it. Rahadin, uh, I'll throw in the chest. So you guys know how it's spelled, at least. She would she what, would what, wave at him and say, you know, hey Rahadin. Yeah. Would Would you believe there are no pronunciation guides in the uh, the Curse of Strahd manual? It's a damn shame. I think Rahadin. I feel like the right. hardest part is where do you put the accent or the stress? Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we'll go with Rahadin. Uh, he impeccably dressed, the jet black hair slicked back into that widow's peak. His eyes are very dark, but upon seeing you, Sophie, uh, a small grin appears on his face. He says, ah, Master Strahd did not tell me of a familiar face joining for dinner this evening. She just kind of, he might not know that I'm here. <laughs> oh, so much time and yet so little faith in Master Strahd. He knows all. You should know this. Alas, we have plenty of table seatings for unexpected guests. As you believe yourself to be. Does she is does she does she like him? I guess is he likable? He seems likable. Like, I mean, does she uh, without saying it out loud to the group? Does she know anything terrible about this person that would make her fear him? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take that giggle as a yes. You specifically. Uh, give me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, I don't like the term saving throw. Seven, right? 17. Okay. It does not harm you, but you hear what you've <clears throat> likely heard in close passing around Rahadin before is thousands of voices screaming out. Almost as if they're victims of Rodden's past. And nobody You're aware of what nobody else can hear not, this, just me? Not right now. Oof. Just you. Then she has a very nervous grin when she waves at him. But she doesn't say why. He looks at you and again smirks. He knows why. <laughs> he Steps off of the carriage and 
doesn't physically touch the side doors, but it kind of gestures, almost kind of like that Vanna White wave to the board. And the doors open up. <clears throat> says, come. Please. Your safe passage to Castle Ravenloft awaits. I bounce right up in it. Love his enthusiasm, she says, as she slowly walks into. Yeah. I will note, as you um, you jump in, Bjorn, kind of as you all take this in, this is a massive carriage. Like, this is being pulled by six horses. This thing is just shy of, like, 18 feet long. This oh. is an ornate vehicle meant for what you would presume uh, to be an entire uh, noble family. Yes. The airstream of Barovia is what you're telling me. Yes, yes. A very, <laughs> uh, Bjorn, you get inside and you can see black wood just inlay throughout the entire inside of this carriage, satin red cloth. I sniff it. Seats. I just like smell the wood. Smells like wood. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. I gotta go. I have to go down here now. <laughs> I go ahead and follow Bjorn in, but as a regular, I can't with this easy, motherfucker right here. Pace, and I'm whichever side of the carriage he went to go sit on. I'm going to the opposite. Well, I mean, this is the fucking Dodge Grand Caravan of Barovia. You got plenty of space. You can take the throw row if you want. We all got our own wood area. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I mean, y'all just saying. Kaz, Barovia's all wood, motherfucker. Like, you had your own wood area the entire time. I don't like the term well own wood, wood area, though. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's absolutely going in the group chat I right know, now. I know, yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, Our own either. wood area. <laughs> I guess that should probably be... I feel bad getting rid of physical turkey. It's Thanksgiving. We can't get rid of that. <laughs> you can't get rid of physical turkey. No, no. No. God, no. Probably get rid of COVID boy, the germ demon. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bob. <laughs> he would like his own um, wood area. He would like his own uh, wood area. Yeah. That's fitting. So, so I think for the first time, maybe Rasmus isn't going along with the plan. Um, he he waits. He stands outside and he locks eyes with this uh, Rahad and... I'm sorry, all I hear is Mahatlinks because the word inflection <laughs> falls every time. I know. I think he stands I think he stands outside of it. Um just, just standing there locking eyes with this guy. A good maybe fifteen feet away from the yeah. carriage. And um I don't know. I don't think he would say the first thing. I think he's he's waiting on a on a response. He's waiting on Rahadan to make the first move here. Yeah. He continues kind of looking at you. He surveys because Bjorn stepped in, Zephra stepped in. Sophie, are you, I mean, having heard what you heard in your head? Oh, am, am I getting in? Yeah, I mean, well, how do you react to it? Because at least at this juncture, it's just you and Rasmus left, and Rahadan doesn't seem to be making any grand gestures to either of you yet about what to do. Uh, originally I was going to climb in right after Bjorn, but if, if, if we leave it up with Raz and, uh, Sophie and Sophie would, uh, sincerely look at him and just kind of 
just kind of whisper over to him about, you know, don't listen to the voices in your head. And then she's going to climb in too. Um, b- before you do, I'd really like for him to, to like basically look at you and then hand out and just go after you. She'll curtsy and then get in. Yeah. Um, she's sweet. He'll, he'll follow, but it's, it's going to take a minute. Rasmus will eventually get in there. It's not a, like, I think the idea is he's trying to not give off a, he lost a battle of will situation with Rahadin. Mm-hmm. He does like continue to make eye contact with him up until the moment that he actually goes through the, the entryway that it's, it's sort of a, I'm, I'm doing this, but I'm not, uh, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't trust you. I'm on guard. Rahadin nods as you step toward the carriage doors and say, thank you, Sir Thomason. I appreciate your cooperation. I assure you, your passage will be safe. I, um, I like the idea of we, we're looking over, like, Rasmus's face is, like, in the foreground. Rahadin's in the background. This is from inside the carriage. He has, like, when he says his name, Rasmus is pulling himself up through the portal and he just stops. And so the rest of it is like this guy talking over his shoulder. And then Rasmus pulls himself the rest of the way into the carriage. Got it. I will pivot back to show you guys where you are. We didn't disclose the time of day specifically, but you all are all about here. I heard wall. Yeah, I, I, I heard myself say it. I'm very, very happy that was pointed out. Well, it sounded, it sounded like what we do when somebody gets in on uh, on Xbox at night. When somebody shows up, we just go. <laughs> so it's the pink dolphin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, I'm glad that bit's still hey, alive. Hey, Dalton. <laughs> so. Day. The time it's taken you all to make these journeys has been, you know, days, a week. Again, time has been kind of a construct for you all here, especially with the uh, revelation that was just shared with you all about your potential perpetuity in this land. As the doors of the carriage close, again on their own, uh, you all see uh, fixtures on the sides of the carriage interior suddenly light. Almost as if by command, small candles or flames appear to give you guys visible light inside of here. Without much sound other than one bray of a horse, you feel a, a steady movement just no jerk. It's almost as if this thing, this carriage has some form of enchantment or ability to make as smooth and imperceptible a movement as possible. He's flying. Based, based upon the distance you know of from where you are at the Wizard of Wines to Castle Ravenloft, you would expect this to be a multi-day journey. It does not take but perhaps a couple of hours to get where you're going. Now, from inside the carriage, there are curtains that appear, much as you maybe see in fantasy or writings about historic carriages of, like, 
you know, English, French eras, like the uh, curtains are drawn closed and kind of tied off with nice silver sashes. But you don't have currently any view outside of the carriage to determine speed or anything. But you feel perpetual motion. But not as much like you're feeling the hitch of a wagon wheel or the step of horses. You have a little bit of time. Any preparations you wish to make as you approach Castle Ravenloft? So we, from from where we are, we can't see Arahadin, right? He's sitting on an exterior bench. Correct. Like on he is on the exterior the... bench, and there's no view okay. to him. <clears throat> okay. Um, I don't want to go first. I'll wait. <laughs> I have nothing to prep. <laughs> I, I don't know if I got any snacks. Uh. <laughs> I think uh, cinematically, it's that thing where it's it's dark, it's creepy, it's silent in the carriage as it rides, and then just out of the darkness, Sophie just starts whistling, just a little tune. Oh yeah, and, that that's not extra creepy. As she stares out the window, uh, stares out from the carriage, just whistles to herself. Sophie, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no both you guys good. I was done. I will say so, uh, Sophie, for you. Uh, try as you might to fight it, especially with the little bit of, uh, I'm sure, uncomfortable feeling you had hearing what you heard in your head with Rahadin's presence. You don't remember much of anything. You, you've said as much. You have indistinct flashbacks of being in this same carriage, in this same seat. You vaguely remember, as you kind of look down, maybe in memory, maybe just kind of pacing that upon yourself in this moment, your flesh is a little less pale, more more rich with life. For a brief moment, you feel something within you you haven't in countless eras maybe and then as just as soon as that flash happens of memory or of insight it flashes back and you're still inside this carriage whistling she whistles louder almost like she's trying to drown something out and if anyone were to look at her they would notice a tear go down her cheek as she whistles uh, Rasmus isn't looking, but as soon as the, the volume picks up within a couple of notes, he's going to say aloud, we need a plan. I'm not walking not into ready. this place without a plan. Cody, I assume I would have intimate knowledge of the layout of this castle, right? At least, uh, at least Parts a, of it. Uh, a good familiarity with some of it. Yes. She would relay this information to them. In a very nonchalant kind of way, just matter of factly, just telling them, you know, almost like she's giving them a tour, a virtual tour in their heads, describing the castle, the way it looks, the way it feels, the the coldness, the the smells, the almost the architecture, like like she's like a tour guide, but she's doing it not in a fun or jubilant way. She's just telling them everything that she knows. She's she's basically info dumping to them. 
as as soon as I get the idea that this is like pertinent information, if it's if it's in any way something that I can visualize that I can take note of, I'm gonna I've got that notebook. I'm gonna pull it out and I'm just gonna start making notes, like right on top of my shield, just lay it right there on my on my lap, basically, and just start writing. Yeah. So I will, if you look at D or at D twenty at roll twenty, you will see the interior of the okay. main floor of Castle Ravenloft. Yeah. Uh, Sophie, you would share with them that your expectation is that if Strahd is being true, and again, as much as he is many things, he perceives himself yet as a nobleman, uh, dinner will be served in the dining room. There will be at least a presence there. And so you having familiarity with this would kind of point out where that is. You would also note that there are staircases aplenty that go both up and down. The spires of Ravenloft have multiple floors where, and this is where your memory would perhaps be a bit more uh, inaccurate or at least ill-informed because there are some places, as we noted, that you even being in the presence of Strahd and as you were, were not allowed or at least not told of. And you would also note specifically on this main floor is, and you'll see on the far side of this map, the uh, destitute chapel where uh, the event or one of the events that led to Strahd becoming who he is took place. Does Does she know, you know, his history? Does she know anything about him? Or did he keep all this to himself? Would would she be able to relay any of this information to them? You would be aware of uh, probably the the tentpole moments of it all. And so, I guess uh, let's do a little bit of an info dump right now for you guys. So let me set the scene. As yeah. she she as they call into the plans, the question, and Rasmus is writing this all down. Um, she softens a little bit. And says that Strahd isn't just a monster. He's complex. He's complicated. And then she would go on to tell these stories of what she knows. Which I will let you do because I don't know them. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. <laughs> I will, uh, in this moment, I will read for you all the Tome of Strahd. At least a section from the Tome of Strahd. Again, a man that has lived for many eons at this point has documented things of his past. And so, I am the ancient. I am the land. My beginnings are lost in the darkness of the past. I was the warrior. I was good and just. I thundered across the land like the wrath of a god, a just god. But the war years and the killing years wore down my soul as the wind wears stone into sand. All goodness slipped from my life. I found my youth and strength gone. All I had left was death. My army settled in this valley of Barovia and took power over the people in the name of a just God, but with none of a God's grace or justice. I called for my family, long unseated from their ancient thrones, and brought them here to settle in the Castle Ravenloft. They came with my younger brother, Sergei. He was handsome. He was youthful. I hated him for both. From the families of this valley, one spirit shone above all others. 
a rare beauty who is called perfection, joy, and treasure. Her name was Tatiana, and I longed for her to be mine. I loved her with all my heart. I loved her for her youth. I loved her for her joy. But she spurned me. Spurned me. Old One was my name to her. Elder and brother also. Her heart went to Sergei. They were betrothed, and the date was set. With words, she called me brother. But when I looked into her eyes, they reflected another name. Death. It was the death of the aged that she saw in me. She loved her youth and enjoyed it, but I had squandered mine. The death she saw in me turned her from me, and so I became hateful toward death, hateful toward my death. My hate is very strong. I would not be called death so soon. I made a pact with death, a pact of blood. On the day of their wedding, I killed Sergei, my brother. My pact was sealed with his blood. I found Tatiana weeping in the garden east of the chapel. She fled from me. She would not let me explain, and a great anger swelled within me. She had to understand the pact I made for her. I pursued her. Finally, in despair, she flung herself from the walls of Castle Ravenloft, and I watched everything I ever wanted fall from my grasp forever. It was a thousand feet through the mists. No trace of her was ever found. Not even I know her final fate. Arrows from the castle guards pierced me to my soul, but I did not die. Nor did I live. I became undead forever. I've studied much since then. Vampire is my name. I still lust for life and youth, and I curse the living that took them from me. Even the sun is against me. It is the sun and its light I fear the most, but little else can harm me now. I have often hunted for Tatiana. I have even felt her within my grasp, but she escapes. She taunts me! She taunts me! What will it take to bend her love to me? I now reside far below Ravenloft. I live among the dead and sleep beneath the very stones of this hollow castle of despair. Tatiana, or excuse me, no, Tatiana being the name that was mentioned there. Sophie, you, it's foggy to you how often you've heard this spiel, how, how much of it is truly the whole story. Strahd being a master manipulator and a master, you know, uh, head of battle. He knows when to show and he knows when to hide. So while you don't feel fully comfortable that this is the whole tale, uh, you at some point or some points have heard this story and you recount it as such. The master storyteller that I am. And she looks at them all and she, and she says that herself. She finishes the story off with, with what I know about Strahd. I can't tell you how much of that story is true. But the amount of times I've heard it leads me to believe that at least some of it must be. <laughs> I have to imagine that 
Rasmus is taking notes. Zephyr is just furiously scribbling She's down. She's drawing every so many things. Pretty much, yeah. The ballad is broad. <laughs> Rasmus is taking like, all right, you know, Sergey, brother. She's like. Fan fiction, fan fiction, fan fiction, fan fiction. <laughs> she's she's currently shipping Strahd and Rahadden together. <laughs> Dirty little fan girl. <laughs> and then she does the well, and she does the heart, and the hearts come I out. I will yeah. say, <laughs> if you've heard it many times and no parts of it have changed to your knowledge, there is a good possibility that most of it is true though Pop probably embellished slightly I have heard in his favor one way or another. I have heard that story a hundred times over hundreds of years, or maybe five years, or maybe three months. I honestly don't know at this point. Um, as Rasmus finishes up the, the notes that he's writing and, and closes the journal, binds it back up, he says without looking up, Anything that comes out of his mouth is going to be what he believes to be the truth. I think we can assume that safely. In Barovia, perception is reality when it's Count Strahd's. We need a code. And he looks at Bjorn for the first time and says, I know you well enough at this point. I need to know when you're going to jump. What am I jumping at? Strahd. <laughs> What's the symbol? He just points. He just points at Zephra. Like and and then he says, and to be clear, I'm not condoning it. I'm also not condemning it, depending on the situation. I just need to know when you're gonna do it. Out of character question to Cody about the items we acquired here recently. The uh, there was a, a spear something that yes, the spear, spear. Uh, Kavan spear. spear, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think one of the best signs is once you if you see me pull the spear, then that's pretty much it. Like you won't see me do it obviously. It'll be subtle. Okay. All and right. I will do this intentionally. So if he starts uh not, not to have, put a poor image. As they say, don't point mind, a weapon unless you're intended. But if he starts fondling fire. the spear, if he whips um, it yeah. out, <laughs> Red, Red <laughs> has still got like his. Um, it's not. It's not an ink pen, out. but somewhere between like an ink pen and a quill. I forget how they describe it. it, it like mm -hmm. like a medieval ink pen. He still got it in his hand, and he like while holding it in between his fingers, he just kind of like does this to his forehead and just kind of holds it there, and then goes while his eyes are still closed, goes. How about something verbal? <laughs> like a word. Spear. Perhaps one that is not unusual, but not something that you use in casual conversation either. So that I know you're about to start, however you put it, fondling your spear. <laughs> <laughs> Banana. And that's because we could potentially have been or going to a dining room that I assume will have fruits and foods around that is sure. a word i would not expect him to say yeah sure that'll that'll work you see rasmus writing banana and like it takes him a minute because he like stops on the last one and kind of in a 
underlines it. Okay. Yeah. Sophie loves it. She All applauds. Right. As you, uh, as you finish your notes, uh, Kaz, uh, you hear who? I, yeah, I said your name. I don't give a shit. I'll pull down this veil whenever I goddamn well please. <laughs> no, Bjorn, you will. Uh, as you, I, I even mentioned the spear. Think about the spear. You hear that voice that you heard on Yester Hill in your head saying, "Yes, give me what I please. The blood of the one who turned my people. This is what I desire." I share those feelings. He doesn't say that. He thinks it yeah. too, apparently himself. At the same time, um, you feel, all of you, the gradual slowing of the wagon, or of the carriage, excuse me. But I would like you all to give me a wisdom saving throw. I'm going to do that, Cody. And while I'm doing that, Hunter... Oh, I'm good at that. Hunter, you like the Scream films, right? I'm I'm told that it's a character trait of mine. I didn't realize, but... (laughs) Do you like the character of of Sam Carpenter? I do. Well, she's gone. I, I wait. What? She apparently made some some comments about Israel and Hamas, and they have dropped her oh, from the oh. film. Yep. Well, I didn't know she was even going to for sure be in the next one. She's been the main character for the past two. Yeah, I that's... forget that actor's name. Melissa uh, Barrera. It's, it's, yeah, I gotta say, not Jenna Ortega. Basically, not Jenna Ortega. So... It's her sister, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cody got a 23, so Cody, 16 plus 7. I got a okay. 12. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Lindsay got a 14. I'm sitting pretty with a 5. Fit 5, okay. Count oh. 5. What's your definition of pretty? <laughs> it ain't. Well, <laughs> it goes higher. <laughs> I grew uh, up in the swamps, man. So... Um, <laughs> Why do you say it like Mr. Feeney? I grew up in the swamps, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like Bill Daniels. Rasmus is safe. Shannon, what did you roll again? 12. You said 12? Okay. (laughs) So Sophie, Zephra, and Bjorn especially, uh, you all, all of you at this point, hear those screams. Again, it is... It is almost imperceptible, the number, but it feels as though thousands of voices screaming in terror and pain. Uh, I for... jump in my seat because I was not expecting anything, and I'm not one who generally hears voices in my head when I'm not working on a story. Yeah. And I would say Bjorn, uh, Zephra, and Sophie, you all take three psychic damage. What? Oh, that sucks. Um, ow. um it, it oh, has or Bjorn, you specifically like the, the conversation you had with Kavan inside the spear, like quickly fades into the background. Like it's almost as if he is buried within the thousands of screams and you can't hear him right now. Am I am I aware of what's happening? More than likely, because you're also hearing the screams. They're currently not causing okay. you physical harm, but you hear them all the same, and I'm sure you could probably see the, the scrunched okay. faces of those in your carriage. If I if I have the time for it, um, sorry, my headphone, the, the noise canceling keeps cutting in and out because it's coming out of my ear. Anyway, um, if, if I have the, the time to do it, um, 
because I am hearing it, I'd like to, because it's been a long time since we've we've heard Rasmus or seen him actually engage uh, in his faith. Looking around, seeing what's happening, and realizing that he's hearing it too, but he's able to, to fend it off. Um, I'd like him to, for the first time in a while, like set that shield aside. You said there's a lot of room in the carriage. I assume he has space to yeah, just literally move it away from him. Yeah. Lean over and clasp his hands, and you would hear him start like muttering something quietly at the word or the name Yelmater comes up a couple of different times. Um, protect them, guide them, that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm going to use some of my channel divinity. You guys get all three of those hit points back, all three of you. All right, Cody, is this like in uh, Ultima Online where if I'm undead and someone cat or on Final Fantasy, I'm undead and someone casts heal on me, it actually hurts? Or <laughs> Yes, you, you have been felled. Yeah, That's you are. You have uh, fainted in battle. You know. Well, well, here's what's here's no. what's confusing. Uh, the term because I still have 21 of those hit points to throw around later. Um, the term is preserve life. So I don't know how that works for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will say oh. as we play it, Sophie is not harmed by this. She is in fact helped. Okay, would she react uh, to it like 30. a cat and go like, and her fangs come out, or is she cool? <laughs> She's cool. Yeah. I mean, I leave that to character discretion. That's your choice, homeboy. Well, I mean, just thinking of it from her perspective, what does this feel like? This holy, this holiness touching her as a creature I mean, of darkness, you know? I, I would say you feel, you feel the immediate positive effects. Like you feel yourself imbued with some strength and kind of like that, that sharp pain you felt kind of fade out. But almost as quickly, the reaction you feel is probably... Muted, but similar to what you felt when the holy symbol of Ravenkind was displayed to you the first time. She will slowly so, turn her head towards Rasmus and just look at him. Like, she doesn't say anything. She just gives him that stewy look. So, so for what it's worth, um, dead serious in the wake of that, as everyone else kind of feels like the rest of you have been have been healed in this way before. Yes. Um, looking, looking to Sophie, like I can see, yeah, she's doing the, the sideways head tilt of like, what in the hell are you, you know, what was that? Um, Rasmus would, would make mention, um, my God is one of suffering of the persecuted of the oppressed. Ilmater is the one who endures. Would you not describe yourself as such? She just nods. I don't know a better way to say it. She just kind of so, nods. So, so, here's, so here's what I'm thinking. While theirs is maybe a little faster, like your healing's a little slower. I don't. I, I don't want to play with your mechanics here, Cody. Yeah. But like, it's ticking upward in number. And so if it's like uncomfortable for him, then Rasmus would, for the first time, reach out and like place his hand on her hand, just on the back of it, not like grasping or or violently or anything. Just like with some pressure, look her in the eyes and go, then stop fighting. And you feel the cold. You feel that cold, dead oh, hand. Yeah. It's not the unsettling. first time. And it won't be the last. But yeah, he just he just looks at her eye and goes, then then stop fighting him. It uh, the best way I can describe it is is if if you're a teenager and your crush just told you they had a crush on you and you just look awkwardly at them, <laughs> that's how she looks at them. She just looks uncomfortable. She doesn't hate it, but she is so conflicted right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the good news um, is you don't have long to be conflicted because as, as we take the camera out of the carriage and again, knowing what has occurred, oh. uh, Rahadin <laughs> has that smirk well, on well, his face, that small grin. While it's while it's doing, I would just it's cinematically as you say, as it pulls out, she starts whistling again to try to cover it up, but it's a broken whistling. It's not nearly as fluid or as pretty as it was before. As you as you do that, as you kind of feel all of that, uh, I, I think there's a number of us, but Shannon, I think you'll appreciate most. This is very much the Castlevania draw bridge oh, yeah. intro scene. Oh yeah, that you all feel maybe for the first time some hitched movement you are crossing the drawbridge into the walls of ravenloft uh, oh. you as you feel kind of the slow pace creep to a still and so again the first time you felt movement really for most of this journey suddenly the doors swing open gently and from your perspective Looking out, you see rain uh, beginning to fall in a little bit of a heavier fashion. There's a chill of fog kind of emitting outside of the doors of this carriage. You hear thunder that shakes the ground. But you see torch flames flickering on each side of a grand main door that is scarlet as if of blood. Rahadin comes around, does his gesture again and says, welcome to Castle Ravenloft. And that's where we'll leave it. Only because I wanted you to have your dramatic moment. I was going to say that Sophie would just kind of go home sweet home. God, dude, I knew. I, as soon as but I started I saying, it, I was like, I know what you're thinking. You did, I, I was going to say appropriate ambiance. I wasn't going to do it because I, I, I wanted to be someone to throw in a what a terrible night to have a curse. <laughs> and, and then it got harder. And there's so during this mission, we've got to go kneel in front of a uh, a wall and wait for the the tornado to get us. It's a stupid game. Yup, oh, it sucks. I fucking hate it. Don't worry, Shannon. It's Castlevania '64, the one everybody hates. Oh god, that's even worse somehow. Yep. <laughs> you can't can't aim your whip. There's werewolves and shit. I mean, you got Bjorn, so clearly there's that. You there's got, skeletons riding. You. There's skeletons riding motorcycles with Nazi helmets on. What fucking what? sense does that? Make? Go ahead, Gaz. I'm mad. <laughs> The next episode of this is going to be titled "The Night That the Skeletons Came, came to, to Life." life. Yeah. <laughs> And the bones are Bjorn's money. Bone money. Yeah. I got lots of bone money. <laughs> God, that was well, actually what I wanted to do at the end of that because I am. If y'all think I'm not tipping this dude, I assumed you were just gonna throw coins at him and say, "I'll, I'll yeah, buy the, I'm gonna do. I'll buy I the castle." I was waiting on Cody to end it, but I wasn't sure if he was gonna let us out of the cart before he ended it. But I was, I was definitely gonna be like, and Bjorn just chunks some chunks of coin his way. Thank you for the the, the good time. Well, I cannot wait to see what that does for you. God I cannot damn. wait to see what that does for you. I can't wait till we're all <laughs> slaughtered before we get to Castle Ravenloft's entrance. You made it here. You're not in the door yet, but you made it. Strahd is going to be waiting for his dinner guests for hours, and they're all slaughtered on the outside because Kaz decided to throw a coin at this guy. 
It's getting cold. Shrod's <laughs> just yeah, he's sitting around at the dinner table, just like drumming his fingers. He's sad. Like, <laughs> he's like he really wanted to present a nice meal for these guys. <laughs> he, he wanted to start talking peace talks. <laughs> he's he's being a legitimately good host. He's he hasn't actually, had company. Right. He cares. everybody around here Rod is, comes is in and just like looks kind of sheepish and he's like again Rod oh fuck it's, that, it's, that Kevin, it's the Kevin James meme of him with his hands in his pockets looking all sheepish he's, like, he's covered in blood yeah. ooh, ooh. And damn it what am I going to do with all this rum ham it is soaked in booze Rod <laughs> drinking your booze or I'm sorry eating your booze Strahd. That's that's genius Hey, we laugh about these things, but imagine the fact that he's been in Barovia with these same people for eons, for centuries. Like, we're God. new Always stories, new conversations. Barovia. We're exciting. He might actually be legitimately wanting to talk to us, for real. Right. Well, remember that when we, as soon as we get to the Just dinner, lonely. you lunge at him with your spear out. I'm not. I said banana. It's an unlikely thing to be in a, in a sentence, but just wait. It's coming. I, I'm going to say hand banana. No. What happens Banana. if Strahd walks out and he knows he's sexy, so he walks out, no shirt, just like a, a small fitting pair of leather underwear with a huge bulge, and your character and Bjorn says, Wow, nice banana hammock, and Rasmus goes, Shit, it's go time, and then we all attack. <laughs> I don't think this is an end of play novel. I think we just ended. Oh, it's been great. This that's has been a wonderful. Of, that's the end of the game. That's yeah, it. no, I, I'm going to stop running into that moment. It's going to be full on Dukes of Hazard. We, we go, it's like, well, those Barovia boys and girls are at it again, and we never fucking talk about it. We go right into Blazing Saddle Busters. Fuck this. And then it turns, well, it, actually, it turns into. Uh, exactly Bjorn. Hold on. <laughs> that exact thing happens, except it's in, because it's after a freeze frame, because Bjorn just turns around and goes, wait, no. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Bjorn is just mad because no one's talking to him. He's like, "Why y'all treat me like a second banana?" And everyone's like, oh, "Shit, let's go!" And it's just the, the Eric Andre, we'll be right back. And after the credits, it turns into Doctor Strange Love, and we're all throwing pies at each other for no reason at all. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. what a good call out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, great reference. Strahd is going to be writing. Strahd's going to be writing a bomb. Confirmed. None of this works with my phone. Oh, it damn it, cool rocker. Okay. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's that's why I've never noticed. <sighs> Are you on I, uh, iOS 17, I assume, the newest one? Yeah, it's whatever the newest oh. uh, deal is. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's because it's using it as a webcam and not actually right. doing anything I'm, with the phone. I'm on an S8 Plus. Hey, Cody, can we preview tomorrow's show? Yeah, we, what are you doing tomorrow while I'm traveling to Branson? Well... We, well, reco we recorded we it last night. Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we made reference to this show, and we literally said, wow, what a crazy night. So it wasn't entirely wrong. Um, it's Saturday. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, not. So tomorrow is a new episode of Extras and Epilogues. We've got Tanner on the show to talk about Hunter's favorite, I'm sorry, Tanner's favorite movie, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it i don't think i mentioned this last night because i was still trying to get used to the fact we were posting it late but that's the last episode for this week i considered doing just a yeah. small little thing on thanksgiving just myself wishing everyone a thanksgiving happy thanksgiving well if i don't do that if i'm not in the mood we'll say it right now happy thanksgiving to everybody from the cast of Podzilla 1985 so yeah uh, we yeah. hope you guys eat drink and be merry and uh shop I, shop and on friday safe. Uh, oh, yeah, afterward, yeah. Yes. Friday, yeah. At no, don't grounds, shop please. on Friday. Just do Cyber Monday. 
Get, and, and be cool when they, if you do go out and shop. Be cool to the people that's working. Please be, yeah, cool. be real. Yeah, please don't be, cool. be a fucking dick. Yeah. Like even if shit goes wrong, it's probably going to. You're going to be inconvenient. It's not. It's not that serious, man. It's not. It's not. Right. Cool. I'll be working a 14-hour shift that day. I'll be think working the, on Thanksgiving the, itself. I guess have all of us except for for Hunter worked retail during a Thanksgiving. Or no, oh, Hunter, sorry. Yeah, GameStop. Oh, yeah, you remind me. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> that's what I'm th- I was. That, I think it's what I picked back off. It was when Thanksgiving. I, <laughs> was GameStop worked, open on Thanksgiving even at that point? I don't remember, honestly. I, I yeah. That's not entirely true either. I started working oh. there in October of the year that I came in. Um, it was right after the launch of GTA San Andreas. Um, but yeah, in the three years I was there, I legitimately don't know if we worked. I don't recall ever working on Thanksgiving Day. I definitely worked the I next Black Friday. Yeah, work yeah. this yeah. year. Yeah, we've, we've all suffered Black Friday. Hours on Friday. Yes. 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 To, be, to be fair. I remember I, for sure coming into a couple of, of uh, Black Fridays at like 8 o'clock in the morning, and we didn't even open until 10. So, yeah. yeah. I, to be fair, I never, I can't claim working on a Black Friday as others have, but I did work a fireworks depot on 4th of July week, or at least the lead up. Oh, I, fuck I, I also yeah. done that. It also fuck sucks. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. I, I have slept oh, in the I have slept in a tent in a parking lot of the Cape Walmart playing Tekken three while babysitting a fireworks stand. I have lived a very <laughs> awkward weird, life. The weirdest part was Cody didn't even work there. They were like, "Why are you just showing up with a sleeping bag?" He's just, he's just, he's just helping out like people who help at a dollar store. The, yeah. we, all right. <laughs> so, the weirdest. I know this isn't the show, but while we get out of here, I just want to say it. The weirdest Black Friday experience I've ever had because I also worked at GameStop. I worked at Gaming Grounds. I worked at Shoe Carnival on Black Friday. Those all made sense. But the weirdest Black Friday for me was when I worked at Organic Remedies. You wouldn't think that a medical marijuana dispensary would have a Black Friday sale, but they sure did and it was weird having people come in and treating it like a fucking walmart oh i that's the show i want to do one day is organic is is marijuana industry secrets Secret. <laughs> retail hell special edition there you go the weed. marijuana industry cannot wait for that that is all for this episode of pz85 plays again be safe enjoy your time in thanksgiving because we will also be feasting upon our return next week in castle ravenlaw hopefully in a hospitable domain although that is yet to be seen <laughs> ah, banana. banana 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 for Kaz, for Kaz, for Double H, for Lindsay, for Shannon, I'm Cody Sandusky, your Dungeon Master. Uh, if I show up to your fireworks tent, I'm calling dibs on Eddie Gordo. Good night, everybody. <laughs>